Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. You're listening to Blue Jays Nation Radio with Cam Lewis and Tyler Uremchuk, a member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. Oh, Blue Jays Nation Radio, episode 153. Coomzee, the sun is shining outside of our studio. We're recording this in the afternoon because the Jays finished the series with a day game. Would have been a nice vibe if they had won. But instead, here we are. They can't beat the freaking American League East, man. Yeah, we, we've said a million times that one of these Thursday afternoons, they're going to be playing a matinee travel day game. We're going to come to the office and watch it and have fun and drink beers. Oh. And we're going to be so happy. And the podcast is going to be good vibes. But every single time they lose that third game and it is bad vibes. It was bad vibes against the Baltimore Orioles this week because the Jays dropped two out of three. That third game was incredibly frustrating because it felt very winnable. But the offense, I mean, I feel like I mean, outside of the two Danny Jansen home runs, there was literally nothing. And it didn't really ever feel like they were going to mount a rally or come back. No, not at all. Like, again, even just the killer of like, hey, it's 3-2, bottom of the eighth. Like, here we go, Eric Swanson. Get this game to the ninth. You're down by one. You never know. And then you give up another home run. And it's just like, oh, nothing could go their way. Um, Let's dig into this series with our three up, three down, starting with the down and going back to game one. When Chris Bassett had a rough go in that baseball game, he only goes three innings. He gives up 11 hits, a total of eight runs, a grand slam mixed in there. It was just ugly, ugly, ugly right from the get-go in that ball game. And sure, the bases were loaded in the ninth and whatnot, but it's almost... Coombsy more frustrating when you look at the Jays putting up six runs and they honestly could have put up more, but they put up six runs and that's the game. You don't get a reliable start from a guy. It's just ah, that, that, that Bassett start just didn't get things off on the right foot. Yeah, that wasn't really what, what, what anybody expected either, because I remember after the Minnesota series, you know, they win the game and then they yeah. go into the off day on Monday and it's like, all right, here's your day off. You can recalibrate everything. Give the bullpen a rest. Chris Bassett's going to kick off the series. He's going to give you some length. He always does. You know, mm-hmm. the start before that against Houston, it was eight innings. The start before that against the Mets in New York, it was seven and two thirds. We had kind of become accustomed to Chris Bassett putting together these dominant starts. But also, this is kind of the reality with who he is as a pitcher. It kind of reminds me going back to the 2014, 2015 days of Mark Burley. Like they're obviously very different yeah. looking pitchers, but it's the same kind of idea. Pitch to contact. Sometimes he's going to breeze through seven, eight innings. Sometimes he's going to get drilled and allow a whole bunch of runs. But this is the worst start for Bassett since his first start with the Blue Jays back on April 2nd when they played the St. Louis Cardinals and he allowed nine earned runs over three and one third innings. And the pattern here is that Danny Jansen caught him that game and Danny Jansen returned from the injured list to catch him in this game. 
So you think he should be more of an Alejandro Kirk guy? Because his two starts before this one were gems. Eight innings against Houston, only two earned runs. Before that, seven and two-thirds against the Mets, eight strikeouts as well, no earned runs. Uh, this is the first time he'd walked a batter in a handful of starts as well. We saw issues with the pitch calm again in this one. Should he maybe be a Kirk guy? You'd think so, yeah, because we came into the year and it was Kirk was the personal catcher for Alec Manoa, and now Manoa's gone, so there isn't really a personal catcher situation going on right now. So, I mean, maybe if that's what it's going to take to have Chris Bassett throw his best starts. The Jays have to do whatever they can to get good starts from those three guys because it hurts so much to get a shitty start from either Gosman, Barrios, or Bassett because you're banking on them because the other two spots are... Yep. Eh. Yep. Uh, speaking of Danny Jansen, he gets... Uh, we'll talk. Actually, no, we'll talk about him more in a bit because he was a factor in this third game in a positive way. Um, but number two, you say Kikuchi. Again, I just... It's not... Nothing is terrible with him right now. Right. He's not 2022 levels of bad for this Blue Jays team, but it maybe isn't the bounce back we were all hoping for from Yusei Kikuchi. He's had a couple of really nice moments. The vibes out of spring training of bearded Kikuchi was great. And sure, three straight starts with only two earned runs. He's got 19 Ks in that span as well. But he can't get the Jays into the sixth inning, like at a point where their bullpen isn't great. They are struggling because they have the bullpen day. You need your starters to carry a bit of a workload and Kikuchi not being able to go deep in ball games is hurting them. Yeah. And the finale game on Thursday afternoon, which is today, Kikuchi goes four and two thirds, six hits, two walks, allows two earned runs, seven strikeouts. He allows the one home run. Like you say, it really wasn't a bad start, but I mean, it wasn't really a good one either. This is dating all the way back now to May 7th. That was the last time Kikuchi was able to clear six innings in a start. Since then, it's been four innings, four and two thirds, five innings, five innings, five innings, five innings, and then today, four and two thirds. So, I mean, it, it's better than last year where he was going two innings and getting torched. But, you know, it's it's still not ideal because the Jays are basically, their rotation is basically three and a half guys right now. You have those two spots, the bullpen day and the Kikuchi day, where you're going to have to use relievers and you're going to have to grind. And that's the frustrating thing is, I mean, at the very least, he's not getting torched. So it's not terrible, but really far from my, I am really far from ideal. Very, very far from ideal. And again, it all stems back in part to the Manoa issues too, right? Because you're sitting there going, okay, at least if Manoa was pitching like a two or a three this year, Kikuchi's firmly buried in your five spot. And you just know that once every couple of series, you're going to need help towards the end of a ball game. Kikuchi will get you halfway through. Someone else has got to carry the bulk for a bit. But the fact that you have a bullpen day, it's compounded with the Kikuchi thing coming right before it. Although news on that front, we'll talk about it in just a little bit. Um, yeah, it, it definitely is frustrating. And part of me is like, oh, are we being greedy? Cause like Kikuchi's not getting absolutely tagged every time. Like you said, it's not like he's done by the second. Maybe we just set our expectations too high after the spring. But then I go, well, I mean, come on, this guy's getting paid $12 million a year. Like it's fair to have a bit of expectation here. It is. You'd, you'd really like for, I, I, I mean, I do think that if, if, if all was normal and the Jays had a regular rolling Alec Manoa doing six, seven, maybe eight innings pitched pretty much every time he takes the mound, then if you were getting this as your number five from Kikuchi, then you're feeling great because it is. It's undoubtedly better than what they were getting last year. But, you know, I mean, you, you kind of like to hope for more, especially in a situation now where you're hoping other pitchers step up in Manoa's absence. Jose Barrios, of course, has stepped up. We'll touch on him right away in our positives. But you say Kikuchi, it just hasn't happened. You'd, you'd really love for him to just have a good start and go six or seven innings every once in a while to save the bullpen. And it just feels like every time he comes out, it is never going further than five. Even reaching five feels like a grind. Yeah. 
Third down, it's our boy Vladdy, who, I mean, on one hand, you go, hey, he was three for 10 in this series, drove in a run. It's like, not bad, but that's his season in a nutshell, man. It's been a whole lot of, uh, not bad, but no electric moments, no big home runs, nothing like that. It's, this isn't the Vladdy we're used to. This isn't the Vladdy we've seen at moments like back in 2021. And, you know, you never know when a heater is going to start. And we could be doing this podcast a week from now going, holy shit, Vladdy has four dingers in his last seven games. This is insane. What a run. All of a sudden, he's up to 13 home runs on the year. And you're like, oh, shit, he's right back on track to doing what we thought Vladdy was going to do, right? But it just feels like that is such a, there's such a slim chance of that happening right now. His His hits are all hard hit ground balls that find holes or line drives that just get over the shortstop or whatever. There's nothing threatening there no and it's um it's it's the entire thing too like when you come up when when he comes up to bat it feels like you said it's never going to be a big hit it might be a single or you know it might be you know i i work kind of at a point now where when he comes up no one's expecting a home run right like it it tends feels like it's happening so infrequently now yeah but what i noticed in the baltimore series is the defense wasn't really there either i mean i don't think anybody was sitting here hoping that vladi was going to become a club first first baseman and i mean we're, we're not there like that's yeah. that's not who he is but i mean through through all the struggles you had at the very least like a gold glove caliber first baseman which is a good thing to have because you know, Bobachette, the way he's throwing from short sometimes mm-hmm. could be a challenge, but blah, blah, blah. In the Baltimore series, especially in the third game, there was pretty much two errors that Vladdy made in back-to-back innings. One, Jimmy Garcia is able to get around it, and the one after that, uh, Baltimore, after the two singles, he has, it wasn't called an error, but it's a play he really should come up with. Yeah. Baltimore goes ahead on that. It's There's just a little chopper, right? Yeah. He just grab it. it's, it's one that Vladdy usually comes up with, mm-hmm. and putting all that together, the at-bats, the the just like the lack of getting it done in the field too. It just, I can't remember a time where the vibes were this down on this guy. It's been, it's been an ugly stretch and it circles back to probably about a month ago. Now we, we talked is, is he injured? Should he spend some time on the injured list? Uh, he's, he's never really gone on it. He's never missed time due to injury. Maybe that would have been the right move because he, he there's, there's no way he's playing at a hundred percent or anywhere close to that right now. Right? No, this to me, uh, we talked back, it would have been before his breakout season, I think, right when the podcast started. And we had the conversation like, you know, maybe Vladdy's just nothing more than like a good number five hitter. And we were like, he'll be a power bat, like middle of the order. And like, it's just kind of who he is. He'll never be this superstar. And then he had that season. Yeah. Well, and, it, and it's tough to maybe say he'll be a good five bat right now because he doesn't really have power, it seems like, to do that. I don't know what Vladdy is as a hitter right now. Because his bread and butter, when you hear the name Vladimir Guerrero Jr., you think dingers. And maybe that's just the burden on him and we need to move past that. Maybe he's just a dude who's going to bat 295. And that's great, man. There's a spot for guys like that. You can bat 295 and play good defense. Teams are going to love you and you'll you'll be a major leaguer for a long time. But that'll leave you wanting more for a long time as well. And that's always going to be the challenge. It's always going to be, we can say this every single time, the victim of the expectations. And the expectations yeah. were so high that anything less is going to feel like feel like it's nothing. And it's it's unfair to sit here and say that Vladdy's not a good ball player. He's obviously a fantastic player, yeah. but the expectations are so sky high that it's 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 hard for him to fill those up. Every yeah. every moment everyone's expecting the best. And Hard to deliver in baseball, especially. We're hoping he finds it. We're hoping he finds it. It just, and again, it can come on the turn and on turn of a dime, right? Just feels like it's so far away right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's get to our ups from this series. They did manage to win one game. Their first and now only win of the year against the Baltimore Orioles. They're still six games back of the Orioles. It sucks, but we can pull two things from this. 
we've done it now on a couple shows. I am putting it in concrete. Your point last year was the anomaly for Barrios. The dude carried a no hitter against a good hitting Orioles club into the seventh inning. He's back. Yeah. This is, I have no concerns about him the rest of the way. I don't think his play is going to fall off the face of the earth. I don't think he's going to revert back to what we saw last year. This is Jose Barrios. Yeah. This is honestly one of the best runs we've, we've, we've really ever seen him have. Like, I think that start against Baltimore, like he's, had, he's had good starts for the Jays even last year when he was bad. There was a handful of really good starts mixed in there, but this one, he was just in control against Baltimore, man. I think it was, he was through what four innings on 31 yeah. pitches or something he was like five that. Five innings on like 47 yeah. pitches. Like it was nuts. Like he was just dominating completely in control, painting corners, beautiful strikeouts, goes seven and two thirds, three hits, one walk, five strikeouts. I mean, personally, I would have honestly been thrilled if John Shiner just let him go the distance. Yeah. I think it probably would have been fine, but the Jays really needed that win on, mm-hmm. in the second game of the series. So they went to the bullpen. Fair enough. Um, it worked. They got the job done. Yeah, it worked. You got the job done. Jose Barrios, he's been um, so needed because could you imagine if he was putting together anything close to a season last year with what's going on with Manoa, with Kikuchi being the five-inning guy? Could you imagine how how dark things would be? We'd have 40 more episodes of a podcast to talk about a team that wasn't <laughs> going to make the playoffs. I would have no hope it wasn't for what Barrios <laughs> is doing, man. In his last seven starts, he has a 1.81 ERA. His ERA on the season is 3.28. Electric. It's right there with Gosman, man. Gosman's at 312. And bear in mind, like the the the, the peripheral numbers suggest mm-hmm. Gosman's obviously been the more dominant starter. Burrio's success comes with more pitching to contact, but these are all star caliber numbers, man. Like I, I don't see any reason why why it's unreasonable to think Burrios could get a nod to the All-Star game this year, especially with injury replacements and pitchers and this and that. Like, no, he's not going to be the American League's number one starting pitcher, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if you got in there. And that'd be a fantastic story because, man, last year it looked like first year of a brand new contract. He falls off a cliff. That's whew. it's a long time. But hopefully uh, he can keep this up for a bit and this contract does end up working out for the Jays. Looking good in the moment for Toronto. Danny Jansen, we talked about him coming back and Chris Bassett <laughs> going completely in yeah. the toilet. Well, then he goes three for four on Sunday and gives the Jays the only drop of offense they got on uh, in the series finale. Three for four, two dingers for Danny Jansen. It is a Dan shame that there wasn't anyone on base for any of those dingers because then you might we might have been talking about something different today. Yeah, we're we're really reaching for another positive. Oh here. yeah. I mean, I guess we could. I don't know. We could do the generic one. Nate Pearson was good again, but I love talking about we, how good Nate Pearson. We've talked about it so many times. We just went with Jansen, and he goes 0 for six in the first two games that he's back. It was an 0 for five in that first game on Tuesday, and then a pinch hit. He didn't come up with a hit on Wednesday, and then on Thursday goes three for four with the solo dingers. There aren't that many good things in the Blue Jays lineup right now. So it'd be pretty cool if we got one of those Danny Jansen, like 1500 OPS, two week stretches where every second pitch he sees is a home run. That'd be good. He he has one of them every year. And then (laughs) the rest of the year, he bats like 190 (laughs) and it sucks. But that two week stretch is good. So use it now. We could use it now. Here's to hoping we are, uh, we are firmly in that. Let's talk about some other storylines because we don't have a third up. There just isn't one that that wasn't a fun series. Needs to be, we need to have more fun in the next week or so because it just feels like, and it's frustrating, Cam. Every series, every week, it feels like their life is on the line. Cause if they have a prolonged slump right now, that could be it. 
Yeah. And I mean, it's, 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 it really feels like it's one step forward, two steps back, mm-hmm. one step forward, one step back. You have that sweep against the Mets and they take three or four against the Astros. And you're like, wow, they're really putting some wins together. And then it's two ugly losses against the Twins. And then it's a head to head against the Orioles. Uh, we probably should bring this stat up is where did I put it? The Blue Jays are now seven and 17 against the AL East this year and only the Colorado Rockies at four and 15. And the Oakland A's at four and twenty-three are worse within their own division than that. This is two thousand twenty-two Boston Red Sox level stuff from the Jays this year. I was going to say, remember that year where it was like, oh man, the Red Sox would have made the playoffs if they just didn't get wrecked by the Jays. If they would have been like five hundred yeah. against the Jays instead of like five and eighteen or whatever. This is our karma for making fun of the Red Sox for that year because the inability to win games in their own division—it's it, maddening. Like how you can be ten games below five hundred against your own division and still be six games above five hundred overall that's crazy and the the really messed up thing here is your your record's that bad and they've gone three and four against new york and three and four against tampa this year and those are the two teams you expected to be you know they're supposed to be the jays rays and yankees fighting for the top and they're, they're doing decently well against those supposed top teams but then they're getting pumped by the orioles one win and five losses and then of course against the red sox their own four because that sweep in may yeah. um yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the best from the Blue Jays yet this year. I think this is a team that should do well during the dog days of summer. But again, we've said this a million times. There's only so many games against the division. You don't play Baltimore 16 more times this season. They're only going to have a couple more series against them. So not very much room to make up for that. Uh, starting the year one and five against the O's, it's really hard to dig out of that hole. Well, here's the good news. Their next opponents, Texas, Miami, Oakland, and San Francisco. None of those teams are in the American League East. You then go Boston after that. So you'll you'll get back to the American League East opponents at the end of the month, but maybe a bit of a stretch here where they can string together some wins. But the Texas Rangers also have been a great ball club this year. Totally forgot their manager's Bruce Bochy. Oh, yeah. I did completely forget about that. Who was it before? Was it still Jeff Bannister? Who are they using? I don't even know. I completely checked out of the Rangers after like 2015-16 drama. Uh, anyways, we'll talk about that in just a second. A couple of other storylines. We'll start with the one from around the Jays. Alec Manoa is pitching sim games. I believe he just wrapped up his second one today as well. So there's been talk that him and Schneider are talked are communicating a ton throughout all of this. So I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess you wouldn't hear bad news right now. It's even hard though to really call this good news. It's just, it's the waiting game, right? Yeah. He's going to go pitch while he's down there. They're rebuilding him. Yeah. It's it's sort of hard to draw conclusions from this. It's we can this is this feels like spring training all over again when yeah. the guys arrive and you're you know so and so's throwing hard in their warm up and the shape of their life. Season. Yeah, and now uh, there's a note here where Manoa's uh, reunited with his good friend Hyunjin Ryu, who's also of course rehabbing from Tommy John, and maybe he's going to learn some nice things from Ryu. Yeah, blah blah blah. Like let's just everything's going pretty shit right now with this Oriole series. So let's just say. Good vibes with Manoa down in Dunedin. Let's ben, just tell ourselves that. And Nicholson Smith says Ryu is uh, going to face live or face actual hitters in live BP this week. Here's a question: Who makes a start next for the Jays, Ryu or Manoa? Oh man, that's a tough one. Actually, I, 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 I have this, and I'm, I'm completely contradicting myself here because I said it was good vibes only with Manoa, but I have this unfortunate sinking feeling that we don't see him until next season for some reason. Really? I just have this weird feeling that they're, they're starting from scratch with something, but that's just me. I think hoping for the worst based on nothing, yeah. uh, just a gut thing. But given the injury and the circumstance, I don't think the Jays want to trade for a starter this year. Their farm system isn't that deep. Manoa's not hurt. So I think he comes up at they at least try with him yeah. before Ryu is ready to go. They at least try, but. Ryu doesn't feel like he's that far away from everything no. we're reading, though. They said July, August, right? That yeah. was the original thing coming into the season. Maybe so it's early July. 
Yeah, maybe It'd it's be great. Uh, right around the All Star break, they come out. Hyunjin Ryu opens things up and tosses a gem. Uh, yeah, so that's really the only other J storyline going on right now. We're kind of in that point of the season where it's still a bit too early for legitimate trade rumors. There's just not a lot of drama with this team. They've just been underwhelming. Like it, that. That's it. It's not. There's not even like intriguing. Like no, whatever. Like we had the one moment a couple weeks ago when I was like, oh, they held a closed door meeting and Chapman was like, how did that get out to the media? And that got a little spicy. But they just. They just stink right now. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not gonna sit here and do this Schneider scapegoat thing either. Yeah. I think we were complaining about Schneider a little bit earlier in the season when times were boring and there was nothing to get fired up about specifically, yeah. but I, I don't blame him for the way the stretch has gone. They're I think it's mostly on the bats, really. It's a combination mm-hmm. of it's hard to compensate for losing Manoa and your starting rotation, no pitching depth, burns out your bullpen, and the bats just haven't been as good as they should be. And I think unfortunately a lot of that falls on the shoulders of yep. Vladimir Guerrero. Uh yeah. Unfortunately, that's just the way the team's built. If he's fantastic, the team's very good. If he's solid but mediocre, so is the team. Mm-hmm. Just looking at the Jays' last few losses here, it's like there's the four-two-one today, eleven-six to the Orioles. So that's one that that's more on the arms than the bats. Nine-four to the Twins. That was purely on the bullpen. That was the bullpen getting yeah. lit. That was again the unfortunate reality of you had to save Trevor Richards. Yeah. yeah. And then 3-2 to the Twins, and then 11-4 to the Astros. And that was the weird Gosman game. Um, So yeah, it's been a mixed bag for the Toronto Blue Jays over the last little bit. Uh, Let's talk about another team in the American League, though, before we get to the series preview and the AL East report. Uh, The Oakland A's reverse boycott is one of my favorite moments of the young MLB season. I think that's awesome. Because no one's showing up there, and everyone, I think casual fans to an extent, or even people who like just follow sports but not baseball... They keep seeing on Sports Center and all that, like, oh my God, there's 2,000 people at the A's game. Does anyone watch these games? No wonder they're moving and blah, blah, blah. For that fan base to kind of stand up and be like, hey, it's not on us. We're not going because we hate that owner. And for them to throw 30,000 people or whatever in that stadium, make a ton of noise to the point there was pitchers in the game who couldn't hear their pitch comms properly. <laughs> like, that was awesome. They had the shirts that said sell and like organized shit too. They didn't make a noise through the first batter of the fifth, I think it was, and then just erupted in a sell the team chant, like in unison. Crazy shit. I loved seeing it. Yeah, it goes to show, and this was the point, and, and I think anyone who, who follows baseball closely knows this, is the, the Oakland A's have a great fan base, and when the team is good, they'll show up to support them. Yeah, You know, you, th- you think about um, dating back to the Moneyball years in the early 2000s, and then mm-hmm. their good seasons they had with Josh Donaldson, the core they have with Matt Chapman. Like, they, they, the, the fans show up when the team is good, when they're in the playoffs, they're there, but, I mean, <laughs> they're, they're actively trying to make the team... Like, this is the fucking plot of Major League, the movie. Is, yeah. This is literally the plot of the movie the owner's trying to ground zero the teams that nobody shows up to watch they can validate moving it somewhere else because moving a team out of oakland sucks it's a historic spot for the team i mean i understand the a's have moved like three times already this is their third home but they're the oakland a's they've been the oakland a's for a half century yeah they're on a heater right now seven and three in their last 10 they just had that seven game winning streak which is crazy um so they're playing good ball. I mean, let's hope getting- let's hope they cool down in a few weeks when the Jays play them. Though I, I I don't I don't care about their story enough for the Jays to lose two of three to fucking Oakland. This oh, year. good lord, <laughs> not no. a chance. I would. Oh, that'd be bad. It uh, it would be. I would like them to get on track sooner than that as well, <laughs> considering they got six games until that series against Oakland. Here, another difficult stretch on the road for the Toronto Blue Jays. Let's get into it. But first, let's step aside for a quick break. 
Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Last little bit of the show here. We'll get set for three games against the American League West leading Texas Rangers. But first, the AL East report. Let's get caught up on what's going on in our own division with our producer, Brandon Douglas. Brandon, tell us what's happening around the American League East and tell me you have some good news. I have mediocre news for you guys. Um, the uh, the fact that this afternoon we're meeting with the Jays dropping another series interdivision oh. is never setting things up for success when you are looking around the rest of the AL East. But um, the Orioles themselves, as you guys just finished talking about, with another uh, two wins on the docket, they're going to head to Chicago for three games versus the Cubs coming up. So that should be another if you if you're projecting what's going to happen with all these other teams. That certainly seems like another series the Orioles should come out ahead on. Um, the Red Sox. They lost two of three to the Rockies, two of those losses coming in extra innings, which, uh, you know, heartbreaking if you're a Red Sox fan, but they still kind of sit back in the mix of the playoffs, five games back of that third wild card spot. But um, as you guys talked about last episode, as the season progresses, it kind of seems less and less likely that the Red Sox will be in the mix come trade deadline time because they are eight and 14 since they won four straight from May 16th to 20th. So uh, we can sit here and complain as much as we want as Jays fans, but I think things are even a little more bleak down in Boston. Um, they're going to have a second straight weekend of a three-game set versus the Yankees. This time, the Red Sox will be at home. Uh, and those Yankees, they split a, the um, two-game Subway Series versus the New York Mets. Uh, game two loss coming off a walk-off extra inning double. And um, the the Yankees, this last, this game three against the Orioles, the Yankees had, that was their chance to kind of jump back, uh, you know, right level with the Yankees. But with the loss, they're, they're still a game and a half back. The Yankees holding on to that wild card spot and the Yankees four games back of Baltimore as well. So it, when you look at it all said and done this, if we consider this the end of the week, um, in a sense, the, the division ended the same way it started in terms of standings with the race sitting up top versus those aforementioned Oakland athletics. But the, the maybe most surprising thing coming out of the division this week is that 
the uh, the Athletics won two of the first three games against the first first place Tampa Bay Rays, and Game Four is underway as we speak. The live update for you: Tampa is up three one, although Oakland has the bases loaded. So, um, you know, it, I think we're well past chasing down the Rays, and that's kind of almost a pipe dream at this point. But the, when you're talking about the reverse boycott, there, Tyler, yeah. just under twenty eight thousand fans was the final yeah. tally of that game on Tuesday night. Um, they followed that up with I think just about seven thousand fans the following night which for both the Rays and Oakland I mean that's uh, two teams that are always near if not right at the basement in terms of total um, uh, attendance wise across both leagues regardless so uh, I think it was probably nice for Tampa to play in front of that many people uh, as well Um, (laughs) the the only other news uh, relating to uh, the Rays um, their center fielder Jose Suri he sat for a second day today uh, mostly based off the fact he's been struggling and the uh, Manuel Margot, who's been filling in for him in center field, is red hot right now. So um, if we take a look at the actual ALE standings right now, you can kind of see yeah. that, like I said, things ending up exactly where they started at this week. And, and it kind of Baltimore giving themselves more and more separation in the in that second place spot, trying to do their best to chase down Tampa, even if it is unlikely. And then Boston kind of seeping further and further behind um, when it's all said and done as well. As you've been doing this, the Oakland A's have tied up the ball game three three. There we go. So a love, little, to, uh, love to see it. Yeah, nice. there. What, who was it? Seth Brown singled home a pair of runs. Classic Seth Brown. My favorite. Yeah. My favorite, my favorite Oakland day. I do play a lot of like MLB DFS and I have been making okay money off this Oakland days run because they have a bunch of hitters who are min priced who are just like going off right now. So I'm sure if you were a betting person too and hammering the Oakland days money line for that run, you're, uh, you're going on a nice vacation. <laughs> you've just been, you've been voting on or um, betting on the A's all year. And then finally they usually really start cashing and finally pays off. Uh, anyways, thanks Brandon. We'll chat with you again next episode. Yep. You bet. See you guys. Three games coming up against the Texas Rangers for the Toronto Blue Jays. And the pitching matchups have changed a little bit. It was initially supposed to go bullpen day, then Gosman, then Bassett. But the Jays decided to move Gosman up a slot. And, I mean, you're able to do this because you've had an off day since his last start. You had that day off between the ten, Twins and Orioles series. So Gosman is still going on somewhat normal rest here for this one, or on normal rest, I should say. So Gosman in game one, bullpen day expected in game two. Chris Bassett in game three. The Rangers are going Martin Perez, Dane Dunning, and then John Gray, who they got from the Rockies. Uh, what do you make of that decision to flip-flop Gosman in the bullpen day? Uh, I mean, it seemed like an automatic, I yeah. guess, because he's pretty much, yeah, like you said, he's going on his normal four days off. I don't think you want to start off a series against a team like Texas. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're good. They're um, at, at, at the time of us recording, they're 42 and 25. They've got that lineup anchored by our old pal Marcus Semien and Corey Seager, the half billion dollar infield they put together that off season a couple of years ago. I mean, the, the Rangers are legit. So obviously you don't want to go into a series starting off with a bullpen day and then using every single reliever. Um, so yeah, they're moving up Gosman. The kind of unfortunate thing here though, is that he's quite a bit better on an extra day of rest this year than otherwise on days where he just goes normal four days off. Uh. He's got a 5.77 ERA, but if he has that extra day of rest in six starts, he has a 1.08 ERA. So even though starting a bullpen day, starting a series of the bullpen day might not have been ideal. I don't, I, I kind of like the idea of giving Gosman extra rest, but the numbers back it up, which is interesting. The Jays usually make a lot of decisions based on what the numbers do, but I I think, I think it's also a long-term thing too, right? Because now Kikuchi and bullpen day aren't back to back. You have Gosman in the middle. Gosman's now the number one. And then the second spot is bullpen. And then it's Bassett, Barrios, Kikuchi. So you kind of split up your two unfortunate spots, I guess. 
I guess, yeah, that's a decent yeah. way to look at it. Uh, three games against the Texas Rangers, who, like I said, are leading their division right now. Uh, but they have slowed down a bit, just five and five in their last 10. And they got absolutely murdered by Shohei Otani this week. Did you see any of that? No. The dude was just mashing home runs. So again, I have Otani in my fantasy baseball league. So I get a notification every time he hits a dinger. So I am very locked in to what Otani has been up to as of late. And I mean, the dude's just crushing the baseball. He had like three or four dingers in this series against the Rangers. It was nuts. And we know the Blue Jays have historically done quite well against Texas Rangers. Maybe this can be the precursor to a beginning of a new rivalry in the new generation. Look at this. Okay, this is the stat line. Texas on the 12th. Two dingers, four RBIs. Went two for four. The next game, he goes two for two, then they walk him three times. (laughs) Steals a base. And then again today, or yesterday, hits a dinger, goes two for four, two RBIs. And walks like he's a machine right now. He's winning MVP again. You'd think it's an absolute lock. Now the challenge is for Anaheim. Are they close enough to being able to make the playoffs? Are they going to hang on to him all year? Like, what are they going to do? Neck and neck with the Blue Jays right now. So we will see. It's a great spot to be in. Mm -hmm. Uh, I talked about you mentioned what if you're betting on the Oakland A's all year? Quick little bit of research. If you put $100 on every Oakland A's game so far this season on them to win, you would be down (laughs) $1,792. So not a great investment. Not the worst money line team in the majors. Who is it? The Kansas City Royals. They might be worse than the A's. And it's not even close. You'd be down $2,500 if you bet on the Royals. Third last is, uh, sorry, actually second last. The A's are third last. The St. Louis Cardinals, minus $1,800. They're shocking. No one expected. They're 27 and 43 right now. Nobody saw that. Remember when they took it to the Jays to start the season and we were like, boy, that's a sneaky, decent ball club there in St. Louis. (laughs) That's what I I said after that series. I was like, ah, man, you can't feel bad about losing to a team like St. Louis. They're probably one of the contenders to come out of the National League this year. Uh, So much for that. Do you want to take a stab at who the most profitable team in the majors is on the money? You got to factor in. Surprise team? Yeah, like a surprise team that's doing really well. That's basically what it is. You think the Orioles, right? It is. It is yeah. the Baltimore Orioles. If you put $100 on every Orioles game, you would be up $1,266 wow. so far this season. Second, right behind them, and it is very close, is the Arizona Diamondbacks at 1186. Yeah. They're $41.27. Where are the Jays on that? The Jays, if you put 100 bucks on them every game this year, you'd be down $201. That's how I feel watching the Jays this season. It feels like I've lost $201 watching them. <laughs> that's a great way to sum it up. That's the feeling I have, even on the games I don't bet on and they lose. I'm like, I feel like I just lost money. Yeah, right now. That's a gut punch. Yeah. Uh, as underdogs, though, they are 11 and 10. So if you see the Jays as dogs, I think that 10th loss would have came today as well. They were underdogs for this one against the O's, but profitable as uh, underdogs, just not profitable in any other way. Uh, all right. Well, they should be dogs for at least that second game against the Rangers. So you can chalk that one up as a dub and hopefully they get a gem from Kevin Gosman and they can walk out of Texas with two out of three wins. Coombs, you enjoy the series. We will talk on Sunday or Monday. Best wishes. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.